Martha? You ready? Take care of us. All right. So we're we're finishing up we're finishing up the beautitude, right? Which was the Sermon on the Mount. We started it I don't know, weeks ago with you know, blessed is the poor in spirit. So um, and then it goes on to salt and light and Jesus is the fulfillment of the laws and the do's and don'ts and all this stuff. Um, so this is kind of the the wrapping up, the summing of Jesus's um, sermon on the mount. So we're going to start uh, in Matthew seven twenty one. Ready? Yep. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of the Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out the demons in your name and do mighty, many mighty works in your name? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. Anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. How far are we going to? Keep going. Twenty. Two more. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. For he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. All right. So there we are. So, what do you guys think about that first? I know you guys talked about um, the 21 through 23 last time, right? The um, Lord, Lord. What do you think about that? What do you think about those people? What do you think he's trying to convey? I imagine it's, you know, like all the people who go to church on Sunday that just go to church on Sunday so they can say that, you know, oh, yeah, I know Jesus. I'm a Christian. Um, Because lots of people will say that, but like it says, what he said um, and never really knew the Lord mm-hmm. this part or sorry um, this part like always reminds me of this one book it had nothing to do with Christianity but there was this part she like this girl gets lost at sea or something and she there's this part of the book where it goes like I thought about praying to God, but I don't normally believe in God when I'm on land and safe and just, like, hanging out, so, like, that's probably not a good idea. I feel like it, like, it reminds me of, like, people who, like, have, like, want to believe in God when there's something bad happening to them, but, like, don't feel the need to when it's good. Right. Have you, Riley? Yeah, I mean, some of the same thing, just the, uh... We talked a lot about it last time, like the will of the Lord. 
what that means and like I, don't know, I mean it's something that I struggle with a lot just the idea of that and you know other verses are kind of just like you know key on to the point where it's like you know the whole idea of a relationship and doing the will of the father and the aspects of grace and how those kind of like intersect with each other so that say real interesting point to think about yeah i had some really great conversations with on about this and then i had a conversation with tom and he had a completely different take on it which is great to hear because you know he was he this whole section he's like um, what are the you know is it talking about salvation are they not saved you know, the, is it is is the the building the house upon the rock and that part is it is it salvation? And then I had to think about that. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure. Is it about salvation? You know what? What are other places in the Bible that would speak into what's going on here? So, anyway, um, so to enter, we've been talking this whole beatitudes talking about the kingdom, right? Like, we're in the kingdom. We're part of the kingdom. Um, how to you know seek first the kingdom, right? Praying about Jesus' kingdom. So, do you guys to understand what the kingdom is then? Do you understand what the kingdom is? Because that, that kind of got me. I was like, what's the kingdom? What does that mean to me? Like, it's a great thing to think about. What is the kingdom of God? What's a kingdom of people? I just always assumed it meant belonging to God mm -hmm. and as believers. The same that it was in the regular kingdom. Mm -hmm. Kind of like people, you know, saying, you know, I'm watching from you. Yeah. Yeah, like the people is key because if we think about like how we've made kingdoms in the world. Like, there wouldn't be a kingdom without the people in it who are following whoever the, like, the leader is or whatever. Right. I think that's what you touched on it. It's this, it's this following. It's being under the rule of someone else, right? Someone is your, your, we don't really like these words in our culture, but our Lord, we don't really use that word. Or master, we also don't use that word, right? Like, but uh, those are not, even though our culture has, like, a negative connotation for those words, those are actually, when you, when you have a, a bad Lord or Master, it's bad. But Jesus is the best Lord and Master, right? Like, he has our um, he has our best interest. He loves us. He made us. We are his, you know, the apple of his eye. And so, um, yeah, I think the entering into the kingdom and being in the kingdom is being under the lordship of God and abiding in that. Right, like, and then abides a really funny word too. Like, we don't use that in our language either. Mm. Right, Oli, what do you think about the word abide? What do you think it means? To like follow or listen to. Yeah. The the real um the, the like Webster's dictionaries accept or act in accordance with obey mm. follow comply remain. So to stay. In, to enter the kingdom, we have to do as well, and then to stay in the kingdom, we have to continue to let him be our Lord, right? To be our 
boss. That's probably a better word. That's a word that we're more comfortable with, that we understand a little bit more. And a boss tells you what to do, and you do it, right? You just you don't like fight back. Well, I don't really feel like doing that today. You know, it's like you know Jesus is our boss. Okay. So, and I also want to say one more thing about this section. The will of the Father is to, he has two wills of us. To stay in the kingdom, we believe first who Jesus is, right? Who he says he is, we believe him. We believe that he's real. We believe he says who he is. And then that we love God and we love people. So, um, sorry, I feel a little bit like I'm not exactly sure what I'm trying to say here. There's a, a part farther along in Matthew, and it's Matthew 22, 37 through 40, and I'll read it to you. Um, so before we had come across the golden rule, which is, so in everything you do, um, do to others as you would have them do you for the sins of the law. And this one is, um, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love the Lord your God. With, uh, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law of prophets hang on these two commandments. So that's how we we choose to love, right? We choose to stay in love, and that's a commandment. So if we listen to their commandments, then we we love Jesus. We love God. Have you guys ever uh, read the like? Uh, what is it? It's John fifteen. It's the I am the vine, you are the branches. Familiar with that? It also talks about staying in his love there. So I'll read that too. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Which is really similar to what he says with if you build your house upon the rock, it's going to be great. If you don't, it's not going to be great. Um, if anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withered. Such branches are picked up, thrown in the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my word remains in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remained in His love, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. You are my friend if you do what I command. I no longer call yourself servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friend, for everything I have learned from my Father I have made known to you. You do not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. So he let, Jesus is saying, you know, God is my boss, and I'm your boss. And if you want to stay in my, you want to, you want to be that the guy that built his house upon the rock. You're gonna you're gonna abide there. You're gonna stay there. You're gonna follow me. Which brings us to um, 
the people who say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy? Didn't we do this for you? Didn't we, didn't we teach? Didn't I teach Sunday school? Didn't I go to church? Didn't I read my Bible every week? You know, and Jesus is going to be like, um, it, it's a real prideful thing to say, well, didn't I do this for you? Because that really, it's not about what you did for him. It's about believing and loving. And then from all that, then what you do comes from that. Does that make sense? And he pulls you along for what you're going to do. He's going to lead you in what you do anyway. It's not like, you know, well, I think this is what's going to be good. I'm going to do that. It's what does he call your heart to do? What is he speaking into your heart and into your life to do? Uh, another one is John six twenty nine. I'll read this too. It talks about what our work is. And John six twenty nine says, Jesus answered, "The work of God is this." Well, I'll go one back line. Said so then they asked, "What must we do to do the work God requires?" And Jesus says, "The work of God is this." To believe in the one he has sent. That's it. It goes on to black letters after that. Just to believe. That's our work. But, you know, sometimes it's hard to believe. Sometimes God asks us to do things that we're like, I don't want to do that. Or, you know, because we don't trust him. Or we don't trust people. Or, you know, it's hard to love people that we don't trust. But sometimes he asks us to love people that we don't trust. Or that have been unkind to us, right? We're supposed to love our enemies. That takes work. Loving your enemies takes work. Loving someone who repeatedly hurts you takes work. Right? Loving someone who abuses you takes work. But he's asking you to do that. You know, he's asking you to love and pray for people even when they are not loving you in the way that you want to be loved. Okay. So, now we're on to the wise and the foolish builder. So, this is kind of the last phrases of Beautitude. They kind of sum up the whole thing, right? And it kind of talks about this whole thing. So God talks about who who the people are. They're blessed. They're the salt and light. And he's, all, he's talking to his followers. He's really actually talking to his 12 followers. They come and they sit. And he's talking to them. But he's up on this hill so everyone can hear him, right? He's really addressing his followers. He's not addressing the whole world in this. This is like the inner circle people. So he tells them that they're blessed. He tells them that they're the salt and light. He tells them that he is the fulfillment of the um, of the law. And then he goes into this like back and forth, like you know, the Pharisees told you this, but I tell you this. The Pharisees told you this, but I tell you this, right? And then so he, he sums the whole thing in the same thing at the end. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man. Puts them into practice. Not whoever hears and does perfectly like I say. He's saying, you're trying. You're practicing, right? You don't like you don't show up and be like, dude, I'm a ninja. You have to practice to be a ninja, right? There's a lot of work there. Or you don't show up and, and be just like, I'm going to ride this bike today. You know, it takes practice or anything that we want to be good at. So following the Lord takes practice. And he is not looking for perfection. He is looking for focus. Right? Like what we talked about last time I, I um, had spoken, you know, 
um, what is your focus? Is it, is it the earth or is it Jesus? Where are you focused at? Um, yeah. So, and I really think that a really great question is, do you know about Jesus or do you know Jesus, right? There's this, like, these people who are like, God, you know, Jesus, Jesus, we did this in your name. Well, they knew about Jesus, but they didn't really know Jesus. I know lots of people who, like, know about Jesus. And sometimes you want to be like, no! <laughs> but you still have to, like, um, you know, it's it's frustrating. Especially if you know Jesus, because it's like, you're almost there, you know? You're almost there. Just keep going. Keep going. But, um, yeah. So, and I think for a long, long part of my life, I knew about Jesus. I didn't really know Jesus. But even in that, I think I was, I know I was still saved. Because I don't think that this, I'm really glad that Tom and I had this discussion. I don't think that this, um, this house, you know, if you build it on the rock, or if you build it on um, the sand, really has to do with salvation. I I think it has more to do um, with your fruitfulness, right? Are you going to bear much fruit? Or are you going to be, I mean, you're still bearing fruit, but you can be like a scraggly little bush that has like five berries, or you can be this big, glorious bush. And we actually, that, we, we get to partner with Jesus to become that. We get to part, we get to choose to not partner with Jesus to become that, right? He doesn't force us to do anything. So I think, you know, this is talking about our identity. Are we building who we are on Jesus? Because everything that we build who we are on what he has told us in this, you know, two pages before, if we build who I, if I build who I am on this stuff and I follow these commands and I listen to the Lord, then I have built what Jesus predestined me to be. But if I don't, then I miss, I kind of miss the boat. You know, I don't, I don't get to experience all that he has made me to be because he's made us each to be something glorious, right? If you are called, you are made to be something glorious. And we get to choose to, like, walk in that and be like, oh, my gosh, this is so amazing. You're so amazing. Or we get to be like, uh, I'm kind of afraid. I'm not going to go there with you. I'm just, I'll do a little bit. You know what I mean? I'll listen a little bit. Well, I, but, I mean, so if you build your house on the foundation, it's, like, growing really big. And if you don't, it's you're like doing your own thing. You're really, you're really not following the Lord, right? Um, let's see if I can find the last thing I was going to talk about. So my last question, I guess, is: um, Is Jesus going to be the God of your life? which I think would be considered the narrow gate, which we talked about the time before. Or or am I going to be the God of my life, which is the wide gate, right? Like, you know, am I going to build my house on Jesus, which is the narrow gate, you know, or, if I, or am I not going to do that? Um, yeah, does anybody, anybody have any questions? Yes. 
questions, but I think um, when you were talking about salvation and stuff, I think, um, like what you said, I think that it doesn't necessarily mean that um, those people aren't um, saved, or, um, but I do think there's times in our lives where we, um, and I talk about this in my Bible study a little bit, where we know in our head who Jesus is, God is, but we don't, that information hasn't like trickled down, we don't know in our heart, you know, um, and I do think for years in my life, I know that I honestly and truly believed um, in Jesus and the gospel and everything, um, but I didn't know how to know that in my heart, and I think when you're earnestly, when you're honestly trying to uh, seek God, that that um, that is the point, even if you're not there yet, you know, but you're trying. Versus, I think it's talking about the people that say, um, you know, that they believe, and maybe they even do, but the people who believe and they know, but instead of choosing to seek God and turn away from their sin, continue to be in their sin and believe that they can just do actions. To make up for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So, you know, like, there's definitely been times in my life where I've known that I needed to do something different, but I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I definitely felt convicted in those times, knowing that I needed to be seeking God, but I didn't want to because I didn't want to give up what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that some people do know. They know and they believe in Jesus, but they want to believe that if they go out there and they pastor a really big you know, Bible study, or if they do things in God's name, that that will be good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, when they, when they probably deep down know that it's not because that relationship's not there. Um, but yeah, so it's just adding to that. Yeah, if I could summarize what you're saying, it's where your heart's at. It's not so. You know, I really feel like you know God detests sin. But I believe that Jesus paid the price for our sin. So God's not looking at us at our sin. He's not He's not looking at my sin. He's not, you know, you're not doing it right. He's like, no, come up here. No, come on. Yeah, where is Turn away from that, right? You, I promise you, where, where we are together is so much better. And and you choose to be like, you know, come here, come here, Ella. And she's like, no, runs away. Or she's like, okay, mom. you know, it's that. Am I going to obey, really, is obedience? There's another uh, another thing that kind of goes with that is Luke 18, and it's um, the parable of the Pharisees and the tax collectors. To, someone, uh, to some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. And you have to humble yourself to enter the kingdom. You have to come under Jesus' 
boss ship or whatever you want to call it, right? Um, it's just like the guy that's hanging on the cross with Jesus. He is saved. He don't really have time to like make any fruit, right? Like, but he's still saved. He still gets to be with Jesus. And we, you know, we don't get to choose. How about little kids? They're still saved. But they don't have time to make fruit. How about little babies? They're still saved. But they don't have time to make fruit, right? Like, um, anyway. Then the last part is, talks about how the people were so astonished. They were so astonished because he, if, if you read this through again, and I didn't notice this until I thought about it, he talks about, like, he is, he's talking as though he is God. Like, his authority is, I am telling you. I'm God. I am telling you. And and their teachers, the, the Pharisees that had spoken to them before, would talk about God. This is what God said. This is God's law. You do this because what God said. But Jesus did not teach like that. Jesus said, you have heard that I tell you. You know, I, you know, um. So anyway, he does come with this great authority because he does have the authority because he is God. And I think that's part of the language that Matthew wanted to convey as well because he's trying, his reason for the book is to show that Jesus is God. Hopefully that makes sense because I've been feeling real crazy lately. <laughs> like, uh, uh-huh. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. It absolutely makes sense. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. It's a hard thing. I think it's a hard thing to believe. I think that's, re- you know, it's where it starts. It's really a hard, it's been a hard thing for me to believe. Right. You know, it's been a hard thing for me to, even though I th- I'm absolutely certain I was saved when I was five years old. I didn't, like, come to believe right then. It was this long process of just, I don't know, me doing my own thing. And God being like, no, 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 no. Like, you know what I mean? Because I am, me personally, I am am strong-willed. And my experience as a child was not one of people, I don't know. I didn't, I had to do everything on my own, right? There was no one. So I didn't learn to rely on anybody. So it's really hard for me to rely on God. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that's for me too. Like they said, I know it all here. And I feel like it is like the slowest process ever to know it here. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I always have known here. But I still sometimes like almost like my, like the human part of me just does not want to give up my control of, you know like and I just don't understand I don't always understand sometimes I feel like I know it more than others um, but I don't understand sometimes how to have a relationship with something that I can't see mm-hmm. something that I can't know the same way that I've always grown up learning how to know people mm-hmm. right if you grow up and you learn how to make best friends and and even your spouse or your kids, and you learn how to know people, but then you're supposed to learn how to know and have a relationship with someone who's not there, that you can't physically, like, like, rely on. 
and I find that very difficult. Because mm -hmm. sometimes I'm like, do I have a personal relationship with God? <laughs> you know, like, I think I do, but I don't even know what that means still. Yeah. It's Well, it says ask, seek, and knock. Yeah. And I think that in the church, we don't, at least the church that we have now, we don't ask a lot of questions. Right. We don't we don't yeah. ask a lot of questions of each other at all. We don't even go over like, oh, I'm not really sure what I believe. Mm -hmm. We don't even say, you know, I would say in that, ask God. Like, literally ask him. Ask him like a million questions. Be like a two-year-old that's like, why? And why? And why? <laughs> he, wa he is like, he wants to speak. You know, it says in... It says in the Bible, I will speak and my sheep will hear my voice. They will know my voice. He will know his voice. There can be times where you're like, ah, I'm not really sure. But I would, you know, err on the side of, you know, just keep going at it. Don't don't be like, I'm not sure I'm not going to go any further. Keep, keep going, right? And, and ask him, you know, show me today where you're at. Show me where you're working. Show me what you're doing in my heart, like, you know. Ask him those. Oh, open yeah. my eyes. Let me see. I want to hear it. We let ourselves get so busy because, like, I'll yeah. go a couple days feeling like really good about things uh, and feeling like I feel God's direction in things, and then like a week later, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> 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 go so back and forth sometimes. I think a big part of me really being able to hear God is to believe that He is safe. Right, because I think for a lot of times I, I struggle with that. <laughs> I didn't believe that God was safe. I believed like you. It's I had to come to understand His love and His grace and His mercy and His like delight over me and His and His delight over you and how He absolutely adores you. Like no one talks about that. That's true, right? If you are in Jesus, you are adored. You are the apple of His eye. He thinks you are amazing. He's not like, and but I was taught, like, your sin is what's important. Work on your mm -hmm. sin. But if you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, that is dead. He doesn't even see that anymore. He only sees the new you in Jesus. He wants to take that, right? He, he can't fix, he's not going to work on the old crap. It's dead. He killed it. It's dead. He sees us as dead. We have a hard time seeing that, the sin in our, in our our brokenness, we have a hard time seeing that as dead. And I don't think it's talked about enough to mm -hmm. that, that we are a new creation. Because all of a sudden, if you don't have to like work on the old stuff, and you're only focusing on where God is taking you, and who he wants you to be, all that stuff falls away. Mm -hmm. Right? He's not focused on that. He's focused on who he wants you to be. He's focused on building you on a rock. He's not focused... Yeah, he's focused on, on building you up in Jesus, right? So if we focus on this stuff over here, we sort of dead, then we can't but we can't build on a rock, right? Well, even is like such a weird concept to think about too, because it's like <laughs> like you can believe it, but I was going through the most recently made Collide Bible study with a group of women and it was about anxiety and one of them was like oh well when I catch myself being anxious like I remind myself that like if I'm anxious about like what's going to happen tomorrow or etc like that's me telling God that I don't trust that he's got it and that I don't believe that he's like has a plan that will be good and I had never thought about it that way and I, 
like that made me question like because I'm anxious about everything all the time so I'm like like that's true like what does that mean for me I don't know but it's weird because like you can believe it but then like when you think about your everyday like actions and thoughts and things like yeah what is the what do those show yeah yeah, I've been I've been going through counseling for like the last year for anxiety and depression and um and the same kind of thing. Like I I, and I heard something recently that was um worrying is like praying for what you don't want. Mm-hmm. Right? Like mulling mm-hmm. it over in your head is like self-actuating it. Really. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, that is so true." And then I was doing an, a Bible study that was um it was about faith and fitness. It was about your health and, and that kind of stuff. But um, and it taught this process of going through, um, of renewing your mind. I think that is huge too. We need to. That's something that needs to be taught more. Is how do you renew your mind? It says, "Well, renew your mind." Well, renewing your mind helps you remember that who your new person is, not your old person. But this process of renewing your mind is like, you know, if I was feeling. Um, you know, like, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, right? Well, what, you bring bring this feeling, this thought, this thing that you're saying to yourself in your head before the Lord, and you're like, okay, Lord, what, here's this, let's talk about this, and then you, you pretty much, you're like, ask it, I'm not good enough, what is, who are you, what's your name? Well, it's shame, right? And then, okay, shame, well then, um, where did you, did I tell you guys about this before? Mm-hmm. I did. Where did you come from, right? Like, where did where did it start from? And the Holy Spirit will bring up a time that you can remember that you really felt like you were affected or, you know, shame was really something. And then you can go through the process of, of um, you know, then you understand where it is. You can forgive someone maybe or something that happened to you. And then um, what what was shame trying to do to you at that time? What was, what was it trying to do? Well, usually it's trying to, like, hold you down, keep you away from the Lord, whatever, right? Be little, you make you small. And then um, and then you you take this shame and you give it to Jesus. And you're like, I'm going to, I don't want this anymore. I don't want to be filled with shame anymore. Jesus, what would you, uh, Holy Spirit, what do you want to put in that place? If I'm going to rip out this chunk of shame, I don't want this crap anymore. Please take it. I would, you want to fill it with something the Holy Spirit would would want to feel, and it would be worth value. You are so worthy. It just, you know, this is a great, this example. You're so worthy. You are so adored. Like, I don't feel like we talk about that enough. You know? I think sometimes as a culture, we're also uncomfortable with thinking that. Yeah. Yeah, because our, our whole culture with, like, um, TV and media is, like, it, all of the advertising is trying to get you to feel like you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. It's like, you need this. You are without this. You know, this makes you better. This coat mm-hmm. makes your, your life happier. <laughs> this makeup makes you more beautiful. Right? This car gives you status. Yeah. Um, for the last couple of weeks, I feel like my... I don't know what it would be, not catchphrase, but like the thing that has really been running through my mind that kind of goes along with believing um, is just I feel like God's really been teaching me how blessed I am in 
my trials, the trials that I have, um, really have been blessings to me. And so I always have a hard time knowing here uh, about my relationship with God because I don't always feel that he's safe. I believe that he'll take care of me, but I don't believe he'll take care of me the way that I want. Mm-hmm. Or in a way that is comfortable, or a way that I'm, like, I just, that's always been my thing, is I'm like, yeah, sure, God will, you know, have a roof over my head, but that doesn't mean that it won't be the homeless shelter, <laughs> and mm-hmm. food in my belly doesn't mean I won't be eating at the soup kitchen, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's how, when I think of God taking care of me, and not me taking care of me, that's how I picture him taking care of me. Mm-hmm. And so I struggle with, um, is that how your parents took care of you kind of thing or whatever? Um, was it kind of that kind of thing? It was kind of a free-for-all. But, um, but yeah, or like loving me. Sure, like my mom said she loved me. My mom said that she took care of me, and she did take care of me. But loving me did not look like what people say Jesus loves, you know. So, but, um, but so my thing lately, though, has been just a constant reminder that every trial that I have been through so far has always come back around um, to something good, right? Like something good always comes out of it. It's always left me in a better place, maybe not physically, but spiritually. Um, So, and plus seeing things like, um, like JT, like I, I can't, there is, no way that I can imagine literally watching your child die and just waiting for it to happen. Yeah. Um, or like one of our friends recently, their kid was, he's eight and he was just diagnosed type one diabetes. Um, like just, there's lots of things that I see going on around that I'm like, just like, God, I am just so glad that my family is healthy because in a year, I mean, JT didn't find out he had cancer until he was what, six yeah. This kid didn't find out he had type 1 diabetes till he was 8. It's like, I, my kid's health could be completely different next year. Yeah. You know what I mean? And those are the storms that he's, Jesus is talking about. That yeah. is the wind. And that is the rain. And I'm worried about, like, <laughs> like money. You know? Yeah. Like, if we're going to have money to go to Disney. <laughs> you know? Like, um, so it just, and like I said, now that we've, so I feel like when you're young, it's different, too, because maybe you haven't um, experienced um, some trials that you can see with clarity. Mm-hmm. I think when we're young, a lot of us face trials, but I just don't think we can see it with clarity. But um, I think now that I've been through a couple of things that I can look at with clarity in hindsight, um, I've been able to do a lot better with some things, feeling like, okay, um, learning to believe that God is safe because... It's like with our kids, sometimes we will tell them, like, no, you can't do this, or you can't do it right now, or you need to do this thing that you don't want to do first, because as a parent, you know that they need to do whatever it is to get to the end, like, to get to the end result. Right. And the child doesn't know that, you know? We never know what we need to go through to get to, like, the good thing. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just, I am now learning at 30, (laughs) like, that... (laughs) okay, if maybe he is safe, maybe if I did have to go to a homeless shelter, like maybe something better would come. Uh, and maybe it wouldn't. Maybe I would just be happy that I learned what I learned. I don't know. But um, I'm like just now starting to learn, like, okay, not all bad things mean that 
the whole world's gonna explode and everything's gonna be bad and the rest of my life's gonna suck. <laughs> like, I think having kids has been one of the best ways for mm-hmm. me to see I how awesome God is because I am not an awesome parent all the time, but He's the, but I really love my kids and I work really hard to take care of my kids and they're very important to me and I adore them and they are the apple of my eye and they are so worthy. Well, that's how God feels about me, right? Like, you know, your parents feel like that about you. I feel like that about my kids. He feels like, well, you know what I mean? That's how parents feel about their kids. God feels like that about me. That's amazing. Like that, that really changed that's where I can yeah, see that, that is safe. Right? That helps me a lot because, yeah, there's lots of times I tell my kids something or I do something and I'm like, oh my gosh, can you just listen to me? Like, I'm trying, I'm for you, I'm trying to help you, but you have to learn this if you're going to be, like, successful in life or be happy or if you if you want to learn how to make friends or whatever it is. Yeah. It's like, you, I'm doing this for your own good. And I try and remember that sometimes when I'm not happy with how God's doing things for me, <laughs> it is for my own good. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you think, Tristan? So quiet. It's, it's a long process. Yeah. It's kind of, in my mind, it's more checking myself. Like, am I taking my whole faith for granted? Or am I actually trying to it's interesting to see it in other people too especially like if they just say they are and they don't really live it out it's, it's tough to watch totally and if I would if I was my younger self I would have I would have the same thing I, mm-hmm. I, you know don't feel smaller or less than or shame because you're there right that, that's huge. Like, when you can say, huh, when you can question yourself and actually be like, huh, is this where I should be or should I be going in this direction, right? That's a great place to be. I feel like when we stop asking questions, that will, that's when we stop growing. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and when there are those hard things, like, oh, man, am I doing, Lord, am I doing this right? Ask him. Like, literally, straight up. Show me where I'm supposed to be going if I, you know. Because he knows all the things. There's nothing you laid before him. He's like, oh, really? That's how you're feeling. He's not going to say that. <laughs> uh, what do you about you, Ella? How do you feel about it? Um, like how you guys were talking about, like Jimmy was talking about, like how you know God in your head, but he doesn't really know him, like in your and you're always like, you should ask God about that. And I just think to myself, he never talks to me. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to like take time to know him. Yeah, I think that's really big. That's really smart. Take time to listen. I think our culture and our lives don't give time to take time to listen. Yeah, we want an answer like that. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this like, is my time for conversation. You need to answer it now. Right? Like he's a genie in a bottle yeah. or something. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do need to take to take time and I think they also need to like we've been talking about discipleship a lot lately and I really believe that discipleship is is teaching other people how to hear God and it does take time it's not like you know 
It's just like if I talk to you on the phone. Like, if, I, if you call me on the phone, I wouldn't know your voice. I know your voice. But at, at first, I wouldn't know your voice. Right? I have to take time to hang out with you and hear your voice before yeah. I'd be like, I know you. I know Jenna. Right? Or if you call me on the phone, I would know your voice. Right? But we've talked. We've, I've heard your voice. Right? So it's the same kind of thing, but you have to give, you have to have the time, and you have to have belief that he's going to speak to you. Right? Yeah, I think you second guess that too. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I if know, you I do, do hear too. something from God, you're like, did I really hear that though? Right. <laughs> like, did I make that up? <laughs> and I think that's that's part of that. the faith <laughs> and the believing journey because I feel I know I hear God, right? But I have times that I'm like, was that you or was that me? Right? Yeah. Like, that is, that's totally normal. Keep going. Keep doing it more. Practice more. Pra- you know, put into practice more this hearing from God. Talk to him more. Ask him more questions. Sit in silence with nothing to say. Right? Look for God in things. Look for God in, in people. Look for God in action. Look for God in nature. Right? There's, we don't take the time or the, like, focus to, like, And the more you do it, the, the more you see it. Until you're like, oh my goodness, you're like everywhere. You know, you're in everything that is happening. He's very intentional. He's in every single detail. You know, everything, that sounds silly. Like God would even care about like, I don't know, the clothes I wear. Of course he does. God would care about the food I eat. Of course he does. God would care about the house I live in. Of course he does. God would care about the car I drive. Of course he does. Like, he is very intentional. Everything that is, you know, it's not all about things, but God would care about what I'm learning at my job, or God would care about who I'm becoming. All these things, right? It's, it's, it's all the things. He cares about all the things. Just like, I care about all the things for Ella. I care that she has what she needs. I care that she is growing and learning and becoming who God's made her to be, right? God feels the same way about, about me. He feels the same way about me. I, I know that the, I think the Kellys are not coming anymore, but I really want to invite Jason to come back. He teaches this listening prayer, because uh, I've been, anyway, Carl was telling me about it. I would really, really like for us to do that together. That's kind of like yeah. a praying. Debbie, Debbie teaches that too at, um, at my um, school. Yeah. There's a couple different ones that are really fun. Yeah. We should do that. We probably don't even need Jason. We just need kind of like that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, it, it will make or break if he came or not. But we need to, like, you know what I mean? What is that? Awesome. The listening for mm-hmm. There's different, like, ways. There's different ones. I think Jason's... Just different things that help different... Like, you know some people are visual learners mm-hmm. or auditory learners or whatever. There's just different types of prayers that people can try that help them to feel better connected because you learn differently, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and we don't often learn to listen mm-hmm. very well. Um, one thing that um, we learned that I always liked for praying is because I have a hard time feeling like I hear from God is um, one thing that we have learned is like when you're praying for people or when you're praying for something, um, like you take that person, because say I'm praying for our neighbors because, you know, look, their, um, the husband's getting deployed, and I can say, I can bring Josh before God, and instead of praying for them the way I feel like I need to pray for them, I can 
say, like, God, um, how do you think I should pray yes. for this person? And just for visual people, you know, like, put them out in front of you. You know, like, God, I'm giving this person to you. How do you feel I should pray for them? Um, or whatever it is that you want to pray for, not just a person. And just ask God to give you one word. And then kind of whatever word comes into your head first, just believing that that is what, you know, obviously listening and not just like trying to think of a word right away, but just pausing and taking a minute or two or three or whatever until you feel that one word strongly and then pray centered around that word or that situation that God gives you. Mm -hmm. And the more that you do that, listening for just, it's because it's easier to um, understand or believe one word. Yeah. Then it is like a paragraph. Like, God told me this paragraph. But that helps you, like, practice kind of hearing or yeah. understanding the nudging of the Spirit uh -huh. in your prayer. Um, and then praying that way. Um, and, yeah. And I know that helps for me. Yeah. I do that, too. But or, there's lots of different th I know she does one where it's, like, conversational prayer where you literally sit in a chair in front of you and you sit in a chair. And then pray as if you are actually having a conversation and pausing to give time for the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And that is weird to me, but a lot of people really like that. I'm yeah. like weird, like, okay, this is weird, the chair in front of me. But some people really like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think the one Jason does, he, like, um, he, like, will give, like, a playing card to someone in the room. And nobody knows that they have the playing card with that person. And then we will just open up in prayer, and then um, and you ask the Lord, you like you're just asking like Holy Spirit, do you have something to say? And it's kind of like an in, intercession prayer, like you know, praying for that person. And and then you pray for this person knows who they they know that they're the person, but you say what you feel the Lord is saying to you. You say it to that person, and sometimes they're like. That is like breaking down because what you're saying is really touching their heart because it's just like what God wanted to say to them. It's amazing. Or I often ask God, like, say there's like some crazy situation and I'm not really happy about it. I will be like, okay, what are you praying for this right now? Or God often brings people into my mind that like sometimes I don't even like, I don't even want that in my head. I'm like, okay. Why am I thinking about them? Okay, what do you pray? What do you want? What are you praying for this person? What do you want me to pray for this person? How do you want me to, you know, intercession? That's a funny word. Too. Yeah, the we Bible have... says that the Holy Spirit <laughs> will intercede for you, right? God, and that's like kind of what it is. It's saying like, okay, Holy Spirit, you show me how to pray, type of thing. Yeah, but yeah. There's. It's funny because our language has not good words for like love or mm -hmm. believing. Or, you know what I mean? They're not like, there's all these words that are not really as succinct as other languages. They have multiple words. They have words that are a little bit more. Yeah. I think that the translation from Hebrew to English is sometimes, I often will go through multiple yeah. translations because, mm -hmm. oh, that didn't, that's not what I got from the other one. That's totally different, right? Yeah, some of that blows me away. I'm listening to Romans right now um, on audiobook. I've been listening to a lot of books um, on audiobook. Um, Logos has a bunch of them. And just even at the very beginning, it's like you could only get like three sentences in because there's so much to say there. But Paul says um, basically that he's like a slave mm -hmm. to, to Christ Jesus. But he was explaining how in the original wording, like it doesn't 
have the negative connotation that we have. He doesn't right. actually mean that he is like literally a slave, mm-hmm. but he was saying that that particular, I can't remember what the word was. It's bond servant, isn't it? No, it's, um, he was saying that it is, what it really means is that um, you love someone so much, yes. so much that you are like a slave to them in mm-hmm. your love, yeah. like you would have for like your husband maybe we don't have a wife for it. it's devotion yeah you are so holy and completely devoted to one person with so much love that you would kind of be like a slave for them because you love them so much and so holy and you're so devoted devoted was one of the words that he used that you would do anything they said because you not only love them but you love trust them right yeah he was like trying to explain he's like it's hard to explain because this word we just don't have English words for that. Word and that. slave has such a negative connotation, but that's not what he's saying. Right. But yeah. And so but when you I listen know to these that. audiobooks, yeah. a lot of the words that the original words don't have the connotations that we carry for them. Right, like so. Lord and Master. Like that doesn't work for us. Slave yeah. doesn't work for us. You know what I mean? And if you really went through the Bible and translated and learned every original world word, it would take Forever, but right. but I do like listening to those audiobooks because they do they generally pick out the specific words, and once you know that about some of the words, you're like, oh, yeah, like this is so not how I read it. <laughs> I've been know? loving going through the Bible like we have been, mm-hmm. like 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 on said, you know, it's not a marathon. I've gotten so much out of seven chapters of Matthew. Yeah. I listen to the audiobook of Matthew, and it's like 23 hours long, because it's just, there's so much There's there. so much, it is. It's like, yeah. There's so much of it is Jesus, right? So, Tristan, you want to end this in prayer? Sure. All right, what time we got? Oh, we're good. 8.15, we're great. All right. Okay. Do it. Thank you for this night, and everyone in this room, and bless them and their family, and everyone around us, and uh, thank you for... A constant challenge in our faith, and how we can discuss it together, and how it brings us together, and both strengthens us in our faith and in each other. And thank you for everything you do for all of us, and how your love shows up in different ways. And sometimes we may not see it, and sometimes we do. And in the end, we come into great things, and it's all because of you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. All right. You guys ready for some pie? Yes. <laughs> Always. <laughs> There's a lot of questions. Ooh, I want to do communion tonight. Oh, yeah. Communion and oh, prayers. And prayer prayers. Should we have the kids for communion, or are we just going to have some uh, stuff here? Yeah, we're going to bring the kids up. Is that what we did last time? Yeah, we did it outside. You did your kids last time. Did we do it outside? We did do it outside. Oh, yeah. Well, we did it. I think it's always the Once fourth Sunday of the month. Perfect. And what kids memorize their memory verses? Oh, yeah. Mine did. Well, I think we might have. What is it? Yeah. Matthew 7 12. That was last week. Oh, which one is this? We need to write that. No, it's one of their fruits. Oh, yeah. It's in the growth pack. It's in the growth pack. But it wasn't in the newsletter. Oh, in the newsletter. So in our, our, you know, what should we do? Mm -hmm. Mm That's the newsletter. If people miss. All right, we'll close out.
You guys want to go get them back upstairs cleaned up? Get some more regular food going. Hopefully somebody drinks this drink. It'd be great.
Yeah. Okay. Now what's happening? I got really quiet. All of a sudden. We're gonna do communion. Oh, oh, 
Dessert. 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 Yes. What's up to this dessert? Is that GF? I don't believe so. Some GF. I have GF bread right here. <laughs> yes, please. Thank you for thinking of me. Get some water, baby. You know where the cups are? It's not hidden from you. It's your house. <laughs> baby, look to the wall. See, this is God. How many cups are there? So, where's your house? house? Where's the cups house? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are cups here. You just have to get down. So I've been and I'm like, God, I don't want to move. Three, three and a half months. Yeah. And it's amazing how well I've been able to navigate the gluten-free world. Oh, yeah? Because there's just so much you stuff out there to eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's way easier. Yeah. And it's so clearly marked. Yeah. No, I just Even mean, if like, you wouldn't have gluten-free gluten in it to begin with. I, I just mean there's so much stuff <laughs> right. to eat. I know, know, I see that it's too hard free. to put your nose up at all the goodies. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I see that, yeah. too. The things that have, like, gluten-free. You're like, was there ever gluten It's a marshmallow. Like, <laughs> right? Did they but it's make gluten-free of this? <laughs> <laughs> So if you go to Winco, they um they have gluten free stuff and it's, it's labeled pink. Or yeah, something. I think about oh. my, my mom went gluten free in Right, well, that's what it wouldn't be that then, though, is the thing, yeah. too. No, it's when you go through the fields after they've been harvested, and you pick, like, the remnant little carrots and stuff, and then they're picked up by the machine. It's like roots. Mm-hmm. It's called are, they, are they good? Yeah, yeah they're just, totally. yeah. They're just You just have to go get them out of the ground yourself. The machine is only, like, 98% efficient, so at least 2% of the product you have. It might be more than that. I mean, it's the same thing with, like, people back in the day, too, though. Yeah. Just, you know, whatever they're like, eh, nah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, whatever that really extra word, yeah. The is weird it? carrot that's like that, and you're like, no yeah. way, dude. <laughs> you are I don't eat the evil right? twin carrot. <laughs> Sorry, does somebody want to pass out the bread and dip the juice for us? That'd be great. So it's really cool, this opportunity that we get to um, share communion. Um, it's a really unique thing that we get to share as a community, as well as something that is just personal to you and your relationship with Jesus. So as we take the bread, as it represents his body, and the grape juice that represents his blood that was spilled for us, um, I just hope that we can take this time to just reflect on who he is and what that sacrifice um, means to you, um, and just whatever it is that you want to speak to him about, whatever's on your heart, whatever you feel like... um, you just need uh, to take some time for your relationship with him. So if we just want to take some time to reflect and pray.
Lord, you've been so, so good to us. We do not deserve in any way the gift that you gave us when you sent Jesus. I thank you that he followed through and was sacrificed in our place so that we can um, have this relationship. And as we talk tonight, just how that relationship can be hard and how it can be messy and it can be sometimes feeling like, is he even there? Is he even listening? And it is just so many times on us just sitting still and listening and being receptive. So Lord, I thank you for what you did. Um, and continue to do for us.